Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business show. Diana Fricot-Broth, she is with us. Uh, she has served in, in really important senior positions uh, for both uh, – uh, cabinet uh, level or near cabinet level positions, senior White House positions. Uh, you have a phenomenal resume and a great understanding of economic issues, Diana, which is why we love having you on the program. Uh, you are with the Heritage Foundation, and uh, plus you have your own work that you're doing, uh, particularly in the energy front. Always glad to have you on. Uh, everyone is watching. Of course, you know you know what time of the year it is. What you know what. What's going on right now, we're in the middle of a very heated uh, political environment, uh, one that, uh, you know, really is, is uh, full of rhetoric, a lot of exaggeration, as uh, particularly the uh, Democrats are trying to hold on to, for dear life. And it's been an interesting thing to watch uh, what's happening with the Democrats and really with the midterm elections and for, for several months, you know, where it's gone from Early in the year, you know, the Democrats were, were dead men walking, and then all of a sudden, I think uh, the media overplayed certain key issues that were of high interest to small constituency and thought that would create a tidal wave to help the Democrats. But bottom line, there's nothing people think about most than how much they're paying for groceries or rent. You know, those are, those are the things that people are reminded of every single day, and it's kind of humorous, really romantic to hear the, uh, hear the media project what batter, matters to voters and, and how that will affect outcomes. Finally begin to get uh, reality, and yet the president, uh, Joe Biden, I think is pushing against reality. Talk a little bit about that, and welcome to the show. As always. Well, it's great to be with you, Kevin. Yes, well, last week we got news that GDP had risen by over 2%. So as of the third quarter, we were not in a recession. So President Biden is saying that everything is fine. Uh, he's saying today we got further evidence that our economic recovery is continuing to power forward. But the reason for the high GDP numbers was uh, the amount of exports. And exports were driven higher because the price of gasoline and oil is higher. So on the one hand, President Biden says the recovery is powering forward. On the other, he's asking Saudi Arabia and Venezuela to produce more oil because he doesn't like these high oil prices. And he doesn't like high gasoline prices. They're very, very unpopular. So you can have it both ways. Uh, it's just basically a statistical quirk that gives us these positive numbers. Yes, and um, you know you know the old saying. Uh, uh, Samuel Clemens, also known as Mark Twain, uh, they were doing that AK stuff. Uh, celebrities for for now centuries, but but you know uh, there's lies, damnable lies, and statistics, and that's exactly what we see in this. And part of the thing that's interesting and, and underreported is the fact is that uh, quite a bit of this GDP was government expenditure. You know, it was literally a right. shell game created by the government. And uh, look, look how much we can spend. Well, that's part of the reason why you've got angry mobs as we deal with this inflation. Right, yes, yes. Uh, and also, uh, the Fed yesterday uh, raised interest rates, three-quarters of a percentage point. And the statement they put out was uh, very conciliatory, saying that they might not be raising them so much more next year. But in his remarks, Chairman Powell made it clear that, yes, he was going to be raising rates in, until we got inflation out of the system. 
And with inflation running over 8% uh, and the federal funds rate around 4%, there's a lot more to go because already right now we have negative interest rates of about 4% because his Mm -hmm. federal funds rate is about 4 percentage points below what inflation is. So he has a ways to go uh, raising interest rates, and that's why the stock market went down again yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's, uh, again, it's, uh, it's difficult in, in the political season. He's literally fighting for his political life. Meanwhile, I'm reading stories of his plans for running for re-election, which I, I find mind-boggling to me. Uh, you know, and then I look at uh, Kamala Harris in the wings, and I'm going, that's the best they've got. And, you know, you know me well enough now, Diana, I have met on my show several times. I'm not real thrilled by any of the major names being mentioned on the GOP side. And so it's a really, it's a really uh, terrifying situation. But uh, what's going on with, with uh, Biden and the total lack of a reality check, uh, I, think, I think a lot about, co- I have concern about his cognitive uh, issues. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I, at this point, uh, it just seems like he needs a complete reality check, as, does, as do the Democrats. So what do you see on, uh, happening policy-wise? Um, what, what can be done in light of the political parameters of a party that's largely driven, I think, by the AOC and progressive wing, by far the largest caucus? In fact, it's almost like there's three parties in the House of Representatives, Republicans, Democrats, and progressives. And uh, and the progressives may be the tail that wags the dogs. What what can happen to help uh, get policy lined up in reality, or is it even going to be matter? I know you don't like, uh, or you don't give me the impression you like to talk so much about politics as policy. You know, uh, I don't I don't see how Democrats do very well though in this election cycle. Right. Well, it'll be very interesting to see what happens next week after the midterms, uh, whether. Uh, uh, the Republicans get of Congress or just one. It looks like they're going to get the House. The Senate is not so clear. But they will be able to start having oversight hearings as to what's going on. That might result in a change in policy. They would also be able to, if they had both houses of Congress, they would be able to claw back some of the spending in the Inflation Reduction Act and the Infrastructure and Jobs Act. So that would have a definite dampening effect on inflation. The Inflation Reduction Act, in fact, spent a lot of money, but if Republicans stick to some of their promises, they would be able to pull back some of that spending. Because when Congress yeah. allocates spending, uh, they, don't, they allocate it, but they don't uh, spend it all right away. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, you know, and, and, and we used to have a joke. I, used, I worked for Senator Gordon uh, Humphrey uh, back, back in the day. Uh, I was uh, an aide to him and, and uh, worked with uh, several think tanks. But when I was on the Hill, you know, we had a joke. If you wanted to find out what a bill does not do, look at the title of it. <laughs> and right, that's exactly, exactly. That's exactly what the Inflation Reduction Act is. Well, uh, did you know, Kevin, that there was a bill called the Employee Free Choice Act that took away uh, workers' right to a secret ballot? That right. was back during President Obama's time. And that actually didn't even get through even when uh, President Obama was president. The House and Senate were Democrat, and there were over 60 uh, Democrat senators. So even then it didn't get through. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really, 
very Orwellian. If you wonder, well, you know, yeah. if you want to read 1984 and then look at the way legislation is developed, how le- legislation is positioned, you know, I, I hear yeah. all the time from uh, progressives about, uh, you know, soaking the rich, you know, and exploiting the rich. And our answer to doing that is uh, through uh, higher, higher corporate uh, taxes, which, by the way, is a form of regressive taxation because it's indiscriminate and automatically passed on as a cost of doing business, which is directly aimed at consumers regardless of how much they make. There's there's nothing more regressive than business taxes. (laughs) And it's a tax on job creation. It's a tax on job creation. Why why would a a party for the people want to tax job creation? And that's another reason why the windfall profits taxes being proposed is such a bad idea, because we want our companies to produce more oil and natural gas. We want to get that out of the ground. And to tax away their money, give it to the federal government, is a big disincentive to production because it means they would get uh, lower revenue from each barrel that they produced and they would have less funds for investment. That's exactly right. American competitiveness uh, you know, should be in everyone's interest, regardless of their income bracket. But in some ways, the most vulnerable uh, find that most important, I would think. Yes, exactly. And if we get uh, a Republican House and Senate, then, or even one of them, the Republican House, then we're not going to get that win for profits tax. Yeah. Because bills yeah. have to Part- do that in the House Ways and Means Committee. Yeah, talk a little bit about what you're seeing, you know, in terms of what the Republicans are going to heavily focus on. Uh, you know, I, I another joke I heard a lot, even from our side, you know, when I was working for a Republican senator, is that, you know, we do way better at the loyal opposition than we do as the, you know, as the, as the majority. And uh, there's some truth to that. I, I, uh, I've seen that. I've seen that when I worked there. And I've seen that, uh, you know, in a lot of things going forward. It's easy to criticize, but it's hard to take action. But what are you seeing uh, as we wrap it up? What do you expect a Republican majority in either the House or the Senate uh, doing in terms of uh, trying to reverse this, this vote, if you will? Well, I think they're going to take a very strong look at, at, at um, the regulations that the president is imposing. They're going to hold hearings. They're going to try and come up with lower budgets. They're going to try and improve the prospects for energy production. They're going to try and do all of those. And uh, it'll be very interesting to see what happens. Yeah. Well, you know, the classic definition of inflation is too much money chasing too few goods. And so uh, a policy proposal is focused on uh, changing that disorder uh, getting more goods produced, uh, which includes services, obviously, uh, and freeing up an economy is required to do that. And uh, with all of my problems with the GOP, they are at least favorably inclined to do that. And, and the Democrats clearly have a static view of wealth. Uh, the way they look at wealth is very static. And uh, it's almost, I hate to say it, uh, because it, it sounds like demagoguery, but, you know, the the this, the Marxists had a static view of wealth. There's only so much to go around. Uh, a lot of these uh, recession-creating policies uh, have this weird underpinning of uh, trying to keep an economy slow and small 
uh, you know, uh, at the expense of prosperity. And, you know, I'm not saying it happens on a cognitive level, but it's, it kind of permeates the whole philosophy. Well, the only way we are going to have our deficit and debt in better shape is by higher economic growth. Uh, under President Trump, it reached almost 4%, but there's a lot that we can do uh, to speed up economic growth, and that makes our debt and deficit look smaller as a share of GDP. One thing we need to be yeah. watching is the employment numbers coming out on November 4th, whether the labor force participation rate is rising. We need to be attracting some of these individuals back into the workforce. And we need to be yeah. stopping attacks on uh, what's known as the gig economy, but it's independent contractors, people who, want, who don't want to work full-time or full-time for one employer, uh, but who still want to participate in the labor market. And President Biden has been attacking those through different regulations. There's a Labor Department proposal right now that would make it a lot difficult to be uh, an independent contractor. And this is something that the new Congress should be looking at. Yeah, well, I think uh, Biden is terrified of those people actually becoming true business owners. Because <laughs> very few right. small business owners stay Democrat. I mean, that's just, that's just the economic reality. And, right. uh, you know, I, I think there's some of that involved in this. That we should be encouraging the gig economy, but instead we have the exact opposite view, which, by the way, is a form of protectionism for mega corporations, and it's a form of, uh, of uh, basically crony capitalism. The attack on the gig yeah. economy it is a support of crony capitalism. Diane, I always love having you on. Real quick final thoughts. We went a little over, but we, we do because we have so much to talk about. Also, the best websites for people to get more information about you and what you're doing. Uh, they can look me up uh, on the heritage.org website, and I have my own website too, dianafr.com, so they can find everything I write in both those places. Yeah, you were breaking up, and it may be easier just to go to your website, and they would find the Heritage Connection. Give your website one more time. You were breaking up. Uh, DianaFR.com or Heritage.org. Thank you so much, Diana. Always love chatting, and I look forward to next time. You've been a great addition to uh, our re regular recurring guests, and look forward to your future visit. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me on, Kevin. I'm Kevin Price. This is The Price of Business. Stay tuned for more.